to another episode of In the Trenches with the Equalizing Justice Team. Today's topic is attorney-client privilege. Justice team and they want to talk to our audience about attorney-client privilege. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Christine Hernandez and I own the firm, uh, Hernandez and & Associates, and I'm going to talk to you briefly and then everybody else is going to kind of chime in on attorney-client privilege. The privilege is the clients to hold. The issues that sometimes come up um, are when other people try to get information about a client's case and they're asking questions as if the attorneys can answer those questions. The only person that can actually divulge information about the case is the client themselves. So what you tell us, we keep confidential. Um, when does that confidentiality start? The moment you become a client. And when does it end? When I die. Or when, or when, or when the client dies. Um, we we so can't. It's, it's lifetime. It, it's a privilege that, that extends forever. Um, the only way that it can be breached is if the client waives the privilege. Um, I have only had that happen one time in all the years I've been practicing. Um, but generally speaking, for the most part, clients wouldn't, wouldn't waive their privilege. It's, um, there are some other privileges, spousal privilege, uh, priest, and uh, religious personnel. They have a privilege you know, no. as far as the confessional and things like that. Your spousal privilege um, is there with, with whomever you're married to. However, your, your attorney-client privilege, other people can't seek out your attorney and ask them specific information about your case. Gotcha. But and there are some instances when there, this becomes an issue. So if anybody else wants to chime in, you know, kind of give an example of when somebody you know, when the issue comes up and you have to remind people about their attorney-client privilege. So I think one good direction to start with with that would be, you know, the people that clients contact the most, and that would be paralegals. Well, that would be Kirsten or Michelle. Y'all want to chime in? Phone calls in particular, we have some clients, especially those that are in jail, that they will call with their, with they will have a family member call with them on three-way. That will be that would just, that's a definite violation because we're now giving out information to their family member as well as them. And we just can't do that. Yeah. And so whenever you tell a client that's a breach, yeah. we tell them that they have to call, they have to hang up, and if they want to contact us, they can send us a letter. So. Or you can have that family member talk to the client and they work out themselves yeah. what information to be divulged, or even the client could come into the office and write a letter or send an email or give us a call, something that lets us know who we can talk to about their case and what information we can relay, correct? Yes. But even when they do that, I don't like particularly talking to other third parties that are not my client because I don't have control over the conversation that the third party may have with somebody else and that doesn't prevent, because there's no privilege to them, that doesn't prevent the other litigant or anybody else to be able to use that conversation against my client. And the other thing too is sometimes clients like to bring people into their meetings with their attorneys 
and um, and that that potentially puts you in a position of violation of privilege. So I generally ask the the extra people to step out so that um, it's just a conversation between me and the client. The client can tell whatever they want to tell to whomever they want to tell, but I prefer not to give that information out to anyone other than the client. Yeah, and I think that's something um, to keep in mind, especially when you're coming in for an initial consult. Um, because a lot of a lot of people, when they come to our office, it's the first time they've ever been inside a lawyer's office, and it's they're there because something probably Traumatic. bad is happening in their lives, and so they want um, you know their best friend or their sister or their mom or somebody to be there with them to support them. Um, but you have to keep in mind that whatever is said in front of you know your mom or whoever else it may be, it, it's no longer confidential because. They, they can go and tell people. Um, and, and also, when it comes to family, and I think we were talking earlier about people being in jail and calling on three-way, when an inmate calls their family member, those are recorded. And so if, if you're calling your family member, that's now recorded, and then your family member calls us, and now you put us in a tough spot to where our conversation is recorded and there's been times when the inmate will not tell us that it's somebody else calling in three-way and so we think we're just having a conversation with um, our clients and I've had that happen not only from jail but I've had a client call me on the phone and then I'm mid-conversation and I hear somebody else in the background and I've been on speakerphone the whole time um, so you know that's stuff that the client needs to be aware of and they need to make sure that they're making the right call and that they're doing what they can to keep our conversations confidential because it's in your best interest and it's all it's all for you. And, and one other thing, that confidentiality and the privilege is not only between the attorney and the client, it's also between the attorneys, paralegals, the receptionist of the law firm or any employee who's directly employed by the law firm that confidentiality it goes to them as well, and any conversation you have with the paralegal is considered confidential attorney-client privilege, subject to attorney-client privilege, as well as if the receptionist, and you go up there and talk to our receptionist, the client says, well, you know, I did this and did that, that can't be disclosed by anybody in the firm. So it is subject to the uh, attorney-client privilege as well. Is there any instance in which it may possibly be in somebody's best interest to waive privilege? I've yet to no. practice law after 25 years to ever say that it's in the best interest of any client to waive attorney-client privilege. I've never come across a case in which I've had to say that to my client. So. I've, like I said, I've had one case in all the time that I've been practicing where the client waived privilege and it was in order to allow me to testify, and that's not really a good thing. No. We, we know way too much information. Yeah, and as soon as you open up that door, it all gets... Depends on what the questions are. And, and we should know way too much information. In order for us to properly represent you, um, you've got to tell us the good, bad, and the ugly, and so, you know, this privilege is here to protect you so that you can do that. And so, yeah, to waive that privilege, I can't think of a scenario where it would be in your best interest, but I'm sure there's one out there. And, and really, the attorney-client privilege is probably the strongest privilege there is in the law. Uh, you know, I've practiced law 25 years. 
I can breach psychologists and psychiatrists privilege, I've breached clerical privileges, I've breached every other privilege, medical privilege, everything in, in trials, but I've never, ever been able to legally breach an attorney-client privilege. And so it's the strongest privilege you have, and so you should never waive it. Agreed. Now, there is a, there's an instance that I've run across where a family member is paying for a client's bill. Good point. And that is, that still does not allow the bill to automatically be provided to the person that's paying it. And it doesn't allow the person that's paying the bill to constantly to, call and inquire about different conversations or other information. Correct. That the person that's paying for that bill is not entitled to the confidential information between the client and the attorney. If the client decides that they want to share that information, then they can do so. But I've had clients say, well, I'll, I'll sign something to allow you to talk to my mom or my dad or my grandmother. And my response has always been, that's a bad idea. And even if you signed it, I don't think I would do it. What about um, age? Does age have something to play into that? Like if somebody is under the age of 18 and their mom is the one signing the contract that they're the one who committed a crime or are the subject of any kind of litigation. Now, I still wouldn't share the information with the parent. That, that falls right into the parent is paying the bill for the minor, and I do juvenile uh, criminal defense as well as juvenile civil litigation, and it still remains with the, the child. They're treated just as if they were uh, adult and grown. Their, their information is private information between me and them. Um, there's a, a bond of trust that has to be established, and you can't violate that trust. Um, if you're going to uh, be able to get truthful information. Um, this is Sarah. Um, I think that one thing that I would caution people against too is telling other people what you've told your attorney is also a breach of privilege, especially if you're testifying to something. Don't do that. Um, it's very tempting because especially with inmates, I think, and people that are talking on the phone and it's a recorded line, they're they have no other way to really communicate what the attorney has told them and it's tempting but don't do it because it's still recorded and that's still considered a waiver of privilege because no longer just you and your attorney know that information that you're giving out so it can still be brought up so that also goes beyond a recorded phone line from the jail to include letters that you send to a family member or friend outside and also That's emails. Nice. The emails. E um, they allow you to email from the jail. Um, so I know I have a lot of clients who will email me and email their family members. Um, nothing confidential should be in those emails, whether it's to me or not, because I, I, they're probably um, recorded, well not recorded, but they're probably um, copied and able to be viewed as well um, by the state. So you certainly do not want that. I, I mean, anything that's said needs to be said in confidence with just you and your attorney um, in person or on a non-recorded line. And not on social media. Social media also counts. Yes, do not put anything on social media regarding your case that you don't want read in court. Yeah. <laughs> and I run into that in domestic relations a lot in which, with all honesty, clients use their attorneys as the battering ram for the other one and they tell the other litigant that uh, their attorney said, I can do this, or I can't do this, or you can't do this. As and soon as you say, my attorney said. 
And they use it all the time to try to threaten or to coerce the other side during litigation. And don't ever go out and say that because one thing, it may not be what the attorney actually told you and then you're putting out something that puts me in a conflict of having to defend that I didn't tell you to do that. And so that's unnecessary to go out there and use your attorney as a battering ram, but I can't tell you how many people do. They do it all the time in domestic relations. And you know, with COVID the way that it is right now and, and the attorneys aren't able to get to the jail and sit down face to face and meet with clients or they're not able to sit down face to face and meet with their clients that aren't in jail, either in a domestic case or a civil case. And so you're you're having to communicate in different uh, platforms. And one of the platforms that, that we use is video conferencing. And if you allow another person to be party to that video conference and you're communicating with your attorney, then you as the client need to be aware that anybody that's there with you participating in the conference is subject, you, you have tentatively waived attorney-client privilege. And you may not even know it yourself at the moment. And you may not realize what you're doing. Now, at currently at the jail, we have um, we have video conferencing that's allowed and it's on a secure telephone. We can see each other through the video, but the information that's going from the attorney to the client is through a secure line that is not recorded. However, the information that the client is then conveying to the attorney, if you're speaking loud enough for everybody around you to hear, then someone's going to hear what you're saying. So again, your communication should be very limited in that capacity, or you should be uh, having your communications where there aren't other individuals sitting around listening to you. Essentially, you really should just safeguard any communications you have with your attorney. Absolutely. And you can ask. You can say that you have um, if you're calling from a jail, you don't know what you can and can't say. Somebody can probably tell you if that line is recorded. And if there's something kind of sketchy that you feel like you posted on social media and you maybe shouldn't have, ask your attorney about it and they'll tell you whether you need to take it down. Right. And you can limit the problems that you will run into by being proactive with that kind of stuff. Although a good rule of thumb is just don't post it at all. Right. A good rule of thumb is to assume that you're... you're Telephone is being recorded if you call from jail. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of In the Trenches with the Equalizing Justice Team. Stay tuned because we will be posting bi-weekly. Check out our new website, equalizingjustice.com, where you can read our staff bios, get to know the areas of law we handle, read a blog post or two, or to schedule a consultation with one of our attorneys. No representation is made that legal services performed are greater than the quality of legal services of others. 